Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today, I have another inspirational guest to share with you. International artist Janice Sylvia Brock has two passions in life, her work and helping others. And despite the disruption of the pandemic and a recent fall which fractured her pelvis in five places, the artist shows no signs of slowing down. Janice's paintings hang in galleries around the world, including the White House. Her work has exchanged hands for as much as a quarter of a million dollars. And although tight-lipped about who buys her pieces, it is known that her paintings hang in some of the most prestigious private collections, including those of the Duke of Westminster, actor and presenter Richard O'Brien, and entrepreneur John Majeski. Spending her time pre-lockdown between her homes in Alderley Edge and Barbados, Janice's work draws on a range of influences, and she has created a unique and much sought-after style. Janice has spent much of her life helping others. She's battled rheumatoid arthritis since she was a child and has always been a champion for the disabled. When asked about her plans for retirement, Janice's not unexpected reply was, of course not. Life is exciting and I am delighted that my art gives so many people much pleasure over these many years. So welcome to the show, Janice. Thank you very much for agreeing to be on the podcast. It's really, really lovely to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. It's it's a pleasure. So the first question and the only question I ever plan is, what is your money story? What is my money story? Well, you never know which way it's going to go as an artist. You know, it's um, it's a challenging uh, life. Um, but I've always thought success in my mind and to make it successful, whatever I do. And the first exhibition I had um, was at a library and it didn't have a good start because this woman came in and she had a thing about nudes and ran out in the street screaming. Um, you know, she doesn't like nudes and etc. And I thought, heck, this is going to be a flop. But actually... Um, my exhibition was turned on its head and it was very successful. So <clears throat> I started selling my work at that stage, which was very early on, and I've never looked back since. Um, it's very, it fluctuates from, you know, I mean, I'm a very successful artist, um, thankfully, um, but you've got to keep going with it. 
and you do get criticised, you know, as a painter. You get a lot of jealousy in the art world, um, you know, but you've got to be able to handle it. Um, one, one time there was a, an art critic in the Caribbean and she criticised my work really badly and um, a member of the parliament rang me. She was outraged by it and it went in the papers and it caused quite a stir, actually. <laughs> but it didn't put me off because people are entitled to their opinion. But she did me a favour and, I, you know, I mean, I, I can take criticism. My work doesn't always suit everybody, but a lot of people, 99% of the time, I'm, I'm successful. So, yeah. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah, and she turned she turned out to be an art critic. <laughs> and so I suppose to interview me. <laughs> no PR is bad PR. <laughs> no, exactly. That's what I've always said. And I couldn't wait to meet her. And then she refused to meet me. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes. So take me back to where it all started for you and your discovery that you had a talent around painting. Yeah, it started from a hospital bed, really. I had a childhood illness, a severe illness called still disease, and uh, it's a juvenile form of arthritis, and it just hit every bone in my body. I was in absolute agony from head to foot couldn't move um, and um, I didn't eat much. I went down to three and a half stone. <clears throat> I'm at least seven and a half stone now. Um, but um, anyway, I went down to three and a half. It's very rare actually, but it's more, more common in girls than it is boys. Um, and that's, that's how I started painting. And I, uh, the nurses strapped a paintbrush to my left hand because even though I'm right-handed, I could move my left hand in a way. Um, and I started to paint. And my first painting, believe it or not, was a Hawaiian girl. And it was very colourful. I had dreams of living in the Caribbean. <laughs> you know, it, it sort of brightened up my boring hospital life. I was, I was in hospital for a year and a half. Oh, my goodness. Looking at white walls, constantly white walls. And it was a killer, really. And I, I used to nibble the sheets and put the sheets between my teeth and grind my teeth and put holes in the sheets. <laughs> so when the nurses came to change my bedding, they said, what's this? Full of holes. But um, you do, you grind away the time. It was horrible. It was really horrible. And I was a child that was very proactive in everything, in sport. I excelled in sport um, and art. I didn't have the patience to do art um, because you had to sit still and I wanted to run and do sport and everything else. Anyway, it's all changed when I, when I um, came down with this illness. And I've got the advantage that listeners haven't got, that I can actually see a couple of your paintings behind you and they are colourful and they are beautiful. Thank you. How old my pleasure. How old were you when you sold your first painting? I was um, 13 years of age and I sold my first painting for £28 sterling, which was an incredible amount of money then. Um, and my father was over the moon. He couldn't believe it. My mother couldn't believe it. 
Um, but that lady went on to buy more pictures. But um, it was her white and a Hawaiian girl with black hair. But my work then was very primitive because I'm a self-taught artist and um, primitive art's very fashionable, um, you know, but uh, it was quite primitive. But I just practiced the colors and getting, you know, being happy with what I was using. And I was using the wrong paint for the painting, really. It was a watercolor. And actually, if I did that now, it would be in oils. Um, but she had black hair with a garland of flowers in her hair and very colorful dress. And yeah. So that was me dreaming that one day I would be in the Caribbean. And as and a third, and as a 13-year-old selling your first painting for 28 pounds, do yes. you think that is how you've been able to go on to sell your paintings for significantly higher? rates of value because you immediately recognized the value of what you were creating yes I, I believed in what I was doing um one has to believe in the work you do um if it's oh well don't buy it I don't think it's worth it or something like that I've never thought that I've always thought successful and I've always um had a very positive attitude where my work's concerned um, and and I think that brings about positive a positive life in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I mean it was nerve wracking sometimes putting on an exhibition, wondering who's going to come. And I had to work very very hard in those days to get the press to come because they're really they don't I, I don't feel sometimes that the press then supported up and coming artists. Because it's art, you know, yeah. if you were a Van Gogh or um, a Turner or whatever, they'd be there. But um, you have to build up a reputation and that takes years of doing that. And I've helped many artists over the years to get on the first step of how to do it. I've learned the hard way, but I really believe in my, my work and people love my work. And when they buy it, they, they write lovely letters and said, you know, I'm really pleased I've got this painting. It brings joy into my life. And you know then that you've done a good job. Absolutely. And you mentioned there that you always felt that you would be <coughs> successful. Where did that belief come from to start with? Well, it, I was always good at skating and sport. I excelled in sport. And I wanted to be a sportswoman. And when my illness came, it just destroyed everything. I had no hope. And as I lay in that hospital bed, you know, I, I prayed to God to give me a special gift. And um, it happened. And I started, I asked the nurses to strap a paintbrush to my left hand. And I started painting. Um, never, never mind the painting by numbers. I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I started to imagine what I'd like on that canvas and lots of colour. And that's exactly what I did. And I just believed in myself. You have to believe in what you do is right. Absolutely. It's very important. Yes. And do, do you think you would have found that creative gift that you have 
if your illness hadn't happened to you, if you had always had sport as an outlet? Maybe not that way, but in a different form, yes. I think my family is a very successful family, and I think it was in me to succeed. Um, I recognised I had a gift, and... um, you know, I be it sport or whatever. And I, I used to, my father worked for some time. He had four children to look after, so he had to bring the money in. And I, he, he used to always enter me into the sports day and I'd win in the running, you know. Fantastic. And I thought, you know, I've achieved it. And my father said, you can achieve anything if you believe in yourself. And it's very true. If you believe in yourself, you can you can climb mountains. Not tried that one yet, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm I'm very keen to uh, still believe my father in everything that he taught me. He was a wonderful man. And I think that is such an important message, isn't it? That as parents, if we can instill that belief in our children that you can yes. achieve anything you put your mind to that does give you far more resilience particularly when the going gets tough to push beyond yes. and to continue to achieve yes. you want you want to win you want to achieve because my my whole body was deteriorating you know the bones were, were not good and uh, in total i've i've had 21 major leg operations uh, knee implants i've no bone left um, and at the moment, I'm, I've got five fractures in my pelvis. <laughs> I don't do things by half. So, um, but I'm, I'm getting there slowly. And it's really weird because I walk sideways. <laughs> so but what's so lovely about you is, is that you always appear to be smiling and you always appear to be finding the good in a situation rather than complaining because yeah. you've got five fractures and that you are in yeah. discomfort yes yeah, so you have to believe and hope you always have to have hope that you're going to be as good as you were and get back to that yeah very important absolutely don't ever give up hope now i know I, that I, you are you're very you're very private with regards to exactly who has bought your paintings and where they are hanging. But I believe from reading that you've got a couple of paintings in the White House. Is that true? Mm. Yes, yes. And that are was you years able, ago. Are you able to say how that came about? How much what, sorry? How that came about. So to have two pieces of art in the White House is very, very prestigious. How did that happen? Yes. Well, it it happened out of the blue. It was a gentleman who was a businessman and um, he was working down south and he said he wanted two of my landscape paintings. And he told me then that the um, paintings were bought for the private collection in the White House. And that's all he could tell me. So I agreed and the paintings were sent to the White House. It's phenomenal. And have you... That's it. (laughs) And have you been able to see them in situ? Well, here lies a story. A few years ago in Barbados, um, I was invited to a luncheon at the White House to meet President Bush. But the paintings were purchased before Bush, so it couldn't have been him. Um, And I couldn't go. And I said, please, will you invite me again? And I was never invited again. 
I couldn't just go. They gave me very few days' notice. So, uh, but anyway, whoever will enjoy the paintings. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I know from the research that I've done, so you've, you've mentioned your first painting. Uh, you sold for £28. And I mm. know that your paintings now are selling for several hundred thousand pounds. Again, mm. did you find it a leap to move from the 13-year-old's price to that, that price of being several several figures? Sometimes it's for charity as well. And yeah. that was for charity. Yeah, I donated every penny of that to raising funds for the severely disabled children in Barbados. Um, because I believe that my gift is God-given and it's nice to give that money back in aid to help people. But my, my painting prices have crept up over the years and I've had some serious collectors of art by my work, which is wonderful for me. And it gets quite emotional, part <laughs> Parting with a favourite painting. (laughs) I can imagine. Particularly when you spend a lot of time perfecting that painting. Yes. I mean, I'm living with this one behind me and it's not finished yet. Um, Obviously, I stand to paint, um, but I'm hoping this is going to be ready for... uh, I'm doing a big event next September um, at Astridge House on the outskirts of London. And um, that's to raise money for uh, Back on Track, which is for severely injured soldiers, which is a very worthy cause, and a little boy called Ralph who is paralysed from the waist down. And he needs a lot of money ploughed in to raise a lot of, well, to get him walking, try and get him better than he is. So that's exciting for me. And God's always been good to me because even though I give a lot, um, I earn enough money to for myself. Yeah, you know, but that's not my. I, I get very excited when I'm doing fundraising events because it's not a, about me. It's about what I can do with my gift. Do you, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And how, how empowering is that to know that your gift has has given you you know a really comfortable life? But I can tell that. What's more important for you is the support you are able to give to others because of that gift. How empowering is that for you? Well, it's amazing and quite an emotional journey because um, I've been there. I know what it's like to keep walking and battling on with my body. So like the soldiers, you know, they they were probably 100% fit before they were injured. And now they've got to cope with a disability, very severe disability, and they've got to rearrange their lives again. And it's a knock-on effect because, um, like myself, it was a it was a strain on my family when I was struck down with this illness. And something a lot of people don't think about, but it's really hard on your family. And um, yeah, no, I agree. It gives you a sense, a strong sense of purpose. You know, that's what motivates me in life is having a purpose. Yeah. And I can I can I can see that in you, that that sense of purpose is very much a driving force. And yes. what, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Yes. 
uh, and when I'm starting really painting, getting involved with the painting, that the whole painting evolves and it just absorbs all your thoughts. And it's a wonderful gift, you know, to be able to do that. There are so many people that lose out on life because they never find what it is they're good at. Well, I found what mine, mine is and I, I love painting and it's got great meaning to me that I'm an artist. Yeah, I, can, I mean, I can Ren, see Renoir, a lot of famous artists were had some sort of disability, didn't they? Absolutely. Um, yeah, but they were motiv- uh, motivated, yes. Yeah. And also a lot of famous artists didn't actually find that level of fame and to be able to benefit from that level, of, you know, financially from that level of fame, till after they died. Mm. So the fact yes. that you were able to benefit and ensure that Others are benefiting and therefore able to lead a better life as a result of what you're doing. I can imagine mm. how much that means to you. I can see how much that means to yes. you. Yes. There was a, I can tell you a story about a young man called Christopher Benjamin, um, a black Barbadian, and he was confined to a wheelchair because he was paralyzed from the waist down. And when I met him, my heart just went out to him and I wanted to improve his life if I could. And within two days, I raised enough money to go out and get him an easel, paints, materials. <laughs> and I went to the hospital where he was and I said, Christopher, I've got something for you. Oh, his face was an absolute picture, you know. And then he started painting. I gave him some lessons on what, what certain brushes did and and so on and because his work was quite it was good but it could have been better with the right materials and um, he started doing some amazing work and he's painting to this day and selling his work now oh fantastic yeah we've got him on the right road and uh yeah so he's 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 really amazing yeah that is fantastic now still got the bullet in his but he's now got that ability to be able to provide a good income for yes. himself, which yes. maybe yes. he might not have realised if it hadn't have been for your support. Yes. Yeah. He, he called me an angel and I said, no, I'm not an angel. <laughs> but I believe in your work. <laughs> Having somebody believe in your work means more than anything. Absolutely. And when my father and mother were alive, uh, it was my father actually that really believed in my work and that I would go to greater heights um, but my mum, she was funny, and I had a client coming to see my work years ago, and I painted some really dark work, you know, because I painted out my emotions uh, a lot of the time, and some of them you couldn't live with. I had to put them in the garage. Um, and uh, this lady came up, and uh, she was a lovely lady. She worked at the hospital, and she said, I absolutely love that painting. It was called Thought, and it was quite dramatic, and it was like an angel looking at, um, Jesus, it was quite a religious piece. And um, anyway, she bought it. And Elsie said to my mum, Oh, you've not bought that, have you? <laughs> <laughs> that won't do my sales very good, will it, mum? <laughs> <laughs> yes, our parents can get- sometimes speak the thoughts we don't want them to speak. <laughs> I know, I know, but she still bought it. She still bought so she wasn't painting. put off. 
<laughs> well, she carried on to buy, must be 10 paintings. Fantastic. And, uh, she's got some really interesting pieces, yeah. So a real she, fan. She's got, yeah, she's got the paintings. When I was painting my feelings, because I couldn't walk and operations were going wrong and everything, so all my emotions went out into that painting, and that's what she's got a collection of. So it was quite funny, really. <laughs> Don't buy that painting. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly it, it, it didn't. It didn't put off the super fan, given that she went on to buy ten more of your paintings. So that that's a good story. It is, yes. <laughs> what I'd like to ask you next is, is that you you've spoken about having belief and really believing in the skill that you have, your creativity, your paintings. Not all creatives have that belief in themselves and are uncomfortable charging what they should do for their work. What advice would you give to somebody who feels they have a God-given gift but because it's God-given, they feel reluctant to actually, as they would see it, profit from that gift, which is completely opposite to what, what I work with my clients on. I work with my clients to really understand their value and what they are providing. What advice would you give to people who have a skill but just don't recognize that value that they're providing? Yeah, they can't think of money. That's first and foremost. They have to seriously believe in their work and to start off um, in a library, have an exhibition, but do it right. Send out invitations, work on your guest list, get the press there, really work hard and, and, and get it all together and try and get somebody local to open it for you, even though you haven't got a name for yourself. Because unless you believe in what you're doing is good, good stuff, who else will believe in you? You've got to, you know, you've got to really push it. And if that exhibition isn't successful, thankfully mine was, um, but that doesn't mean to say theirs won't be. If they do it right and, and you know, work on the guest list, they should be okay. Yeah, yeah. But really push it. And why yes. do you think that so many creatives do have a problem charging what they should be for their work? Lack of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of them have emotional problems, maybe. Um, not believing in themselves and then afraid of showing it to the public. Because the public can be quite harsh, you know, can be difficult. Um and you've just got to smile back and, you know, just go for it and start off with a, like I say, a library and then go for a bigger gallery and a bigger one and so on. I mean, I, I exhibited at Versace Gallery some years ago and it just brought tears to my eyes to see my work on the walls there. It was just amazing. I've always wanted to exhibit at Versace and there it was. You know, just amazing. And my large paintings look small on those walls. <laughs> They're big paintings, but they look small. Um, but it, it's great. Yeah. You've yeah. just got you've just got to keep going with it. Don't get disheartened. Yeah. And I think you're yeah. so right. It doesn't matter what 
what business you are in, what creative skill you do or do not have. It is about having that belief that you are going to be successful. And I think what I really liked about what you said there in terms of imagining your pictures on the walls of a Saatchi gallery and being able to visualize your paintings on those walls, creating a connection between where you are now and where you wanted your paintings to be and to use that as a driver to create the belief that that success was going to happen. Yes, yes. Um, Actually, I'm a great believer. You you imagine it and, and it happens in life. If you can push those thoughts, those positive thoughts forward, it will happen. Um, and um, I mean, I've got so many things I want to do <laughs> and exhibit in grand places, you know, um, because the higher up the ladder, you can do a lot more for other people. Yeah. You absolutely. know, and they take notice of you then, you know, where you exhibit. If you, yeah, not saying that work isn't, you know, a standard my work is. Um, I've reached a certain standard in in the art world and it's really great, but until I'm dead. (laughs) But I I want that now while I'm still alive. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about your ambition there. What is next for you? I'd like to have a working studio in Italy or um, France. Um, and I'd like to move further on because you you can't stagnate as an artist. You have to move on. And it's from A to B, that's the hardest thing. But um, there's lots of beautiful galleries or spaces. Um, and if I could take that step and get a gallery over there, that would be great. A working studio. Anybody wants to take, take in an artist? <laughs> Well, use this platform, absolutely. Use this platform to make a request. <laughs> Tell them I'm, I don't cook much, but I make a good um, sous chef. <laughs> well, I... I sorry, carry on. Um, because I can't cook... I can paint pictures, but I can't cut up food. <laughs> so, But I am a good sous chef. So, Always yeah, a skill like, is needed. Yes. I mean, I, I love Italy. And I love France and um, I think my art would, I have sold to people in Italy and France and um, they like my colours and my form. Um, I've even sold to um, the Japanese because my oval faces are quite oriental in some ways. Very true. When my mother, oh yes, I mean, you've seen pictures of my oval faces. It's not what you put in a painting, it's what you leave out. And um when my mother died, I was heartbroken because I was very, very close to my mom. And she was a great person. And she she said, um, what did she say? I've forgotten that one. <laughs> <laughs> that would happen to me, wouldn't it? <laughs> would you like to take a moment to consider that? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love these natural moments that you get when recording oh, a podcast. <laughs> and whilst, whilst, 
whilst we could edit it out, I'd rather not edit it out because it just you know how natural a flow these conversations are. <laughs> yeah. So where was I? Um, my mother. <laughs> That's okay. What will I do? I'll we'll I'll, I'll move on to the next question, and hopefully, once the pressure is off you, it it, it'll pop back into your head. So the yes, question yes. I wanted to ask you: there'll be, there'll be people listening in who are either going through you know, a very very hard time themselves. The last eighteen months has been very hard for a lot of people. So they're either going through a hard time themselves right now, or they know somebody who is going through. A very hard time, very much like you were when you were you ten years old, and your dad presented you with the painting by numbers um, mm. thing that he did. Yeah. What would be your advice to those people to help them move from the place that, that that darker place that they may be in now to where you are and how you deal with the things that you have had to deal with? If they're in a bad place. Um, and they don't know how to get out of it. Um, a good th- and they're painters, artists is to mix with other artists and get out there and just keep talking to people. Don't close yourself in. Um, for many years, I worked voluntary three and a half years with the psychiatric hospital, um, teaching psychiatric patients to paint. And very often they they sat in silence, and they used to call me when they did speak. It was your bossy, but you're lovable. <laughs> and you have to literally force yourself to get out of it, get out of that depression. Because it, it was quite um, strong and, you know, it was more uplifting with the, the artists that painted the colour. It's been a proven fact, actually, that colours stimulate your brain and keep you more cheerful. Um, so... Yeah, artists that feel that they've um, lost their way, they must never give up because they've obviously got a talent. So don't give up artists. Um, It's not all about selling work, but it's in in believing yourself that's the most important. And then you will shine through and people will see that, that your work shines through and it will lift them. People that buy a lot of my paintings buy them because it lifts their spirit um and that gives me a great joy that I'm able to do that yeah no I can absolutely see that yes I I did one called children of light it was a painting uh it's now in Canada and uh, it was painted when I became a Christian and it uh it's very uplifting and it's all in yellows and soft blues and so on and it's just stimulate a joy in your heart. Yeah. Colours colors are everything, really. Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. Totally, totally agree with you. You know, I, I know, you know, when I wake up in the morning, if I'm not feeling in a particularly bright mood, that is when I will usually put my brightest clothing on because it does yes. lift your spirit yes. without a shadow of yes. a doubt. Yes, yes. Yeah, very, very true. And I think, is, well... Yeah. From from what you said there in terms of, you know, artists mixing, you know, with other artists, being with people um, that are mm. uplifting, I think it's the same for everybody to surround yourself 
with like-minded people, surround yourself with people who are going to raise you and actually move away from those people that are drainers, that are potentially going to keep you where you are or not allow you to move to where you need to go to. Yes, yes. You, otherwise, you stagnate in your life. You stagnate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's very important. No. And, and they have the advantage of being an artist. You can um, put a blank canvas on the easel, not knowing sometimes what you're going to put on it, but just set your palette with five stimulating colours and just go for it. Don't worry about the subject. Just go for it. And, and use you know, the right brushes. Um, I always find flat brushes are really good that have a, a flexibility to them, but not too stiff. And uh, some round brushes. I, I always like to paint with short handle brushes sometimes, on a, even on a big canvas. And um, it looks great. Ch mm. Children of Light, it's called, yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So, Chan, the light and the lighting. Yeah. How can people get in contact with you, particularly if they have an Italian or French studio, of course? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, and I don't bite. I eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, actually. Um, don't put them off. Um, yes, if, if they've got anything that, um, oh, of course, I have to mention I have a disability. So if it's got stairs, I would have to have a lift. Otherwise, give me a, a room with a view of the trees and the, the sea, perfect. Um, contact me on Janice at Brock-Gallery.com. Perfect. And, uh, yeah, or their website, which is www.JaniceSylviaBrock.com. That's brilliant. And now all those details will be in the show notes. So anybody reach out to Janice and uh, make contact yeah. with her and if you don't know her paintings already which I'm sure lots of you do please look them up because they truly are works of art thank you very much Janice I've loved having you on the show today you. you are an absolute breath of fresh air I hope oh, that you, you remember much. the advice your mum passed on to you at some point <laughs> yes, <laughs> but that will tickle me oh, that will tickle right. me for a long time <laughs> thank you very very much um, and we will catch up again in the future thank you everybody for listening but for now goodbye Janice yes, thank, thank you. you very much thank you for putting up with me <laughs> thank you thank you for listening to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast if you have enjoyed it, I would love it if you would tell somebody else about it. You don't have to leave a review or write a post on social media tagging me, Leslie Thomas Coaching on Instagram or the Money Mastery Business Coach on Facebook. But if you do, I promise I will give you a shout out in a future episode and I will be hugely grateful. I can also be found at Leslie-Thomas on LinkedIn. If you would like a copy of my free resource, Three Mindset Shifts, double your income then please go to leslieathomas.com forward slash let's hyphen talk hyphen money i would love to hear from you so please do email me at leslie at leslieathomas.com i will reply to all messages but please do be patient until next time remember master your mindset and in turn you can master the money you make 
in your business.